Magovanen. Welcome to the Tolkien Lore Channel. I'm the Tolkien Geek. And by now, of course, the Baron and Luthien novella has been released, the one edited by Christopher Tolkien late, uh, not late, in mid-2017. And, of course, many of you probably have read it by now. I have not yet read it, but I did want to talk about some of the real-life inspirations behind the story, which you can find out in other sources like Tolkien's letters, his biography, and that sort of thing. Uh, and so there's a lot of his own life that goes into this story, and it's kind of the most personal of all of his stories. So let's go ahead and get started and look at some of those. One of the most obvious connections between Tolkien's life and the story of Baron and Luthien is that Tolkien himself is Baron and his wife Edith is Luthien. And I don't mean that in a, a weird kind of way. I mean, like, if you actually go and visit Tolkien's grave, it says Baron on J.R.R.'s grave and Luthien on Edith's grave. Luthien is based on Edith and Baron is based on Tolkien in some senses, obviously not in the in the more general sense that their characters are identical to each other, but the love story there is very much Tolkien's own love story with his wife, Edith. And that goes back to an actual, you know, there's an actual story of J.R.R. Tolkien watching Edith dance in a grove of hemlocks, which is basically how Baron sees Luthien for the first time, dancing in the forest. So there's this backstory but that both of them share. They're both very much... Um, the the men in this in each story, Baron and, and J.R.R. Tolkien, are very entranced by their love interest because of their dancing. There's actually a letter that J.R.R. writes to Christopher Tolkien later in life where he's talking about putting the Baron and Luthien inscriptions on the gravestones, and he's telling them, you know, don't don't take this as some kind of weird, you know, whatever. She really is my Luthien, and he mentions the story of her dancing and it's even written in like italics and of course he's handwriting the letter probably maybe typewriting sometimes he tip type wrote his letters but he actually italicizes the fact that there's a line where she could dance you know i mean he, this was something he was very taken about edith because of that and so the love story there of course plays into baron and luthien because that is his own love story he sees the love story of baron and luthien as very much his own love story with edith and so in that sense, the two stories are very much, uh, it's a personal blending of his own life with his own story, whereas a lot of his other stories are kind of derived more from older stories that he's kind of adapted, like the story of Turin is adapted from uh, the story of Calervo from the Kalevala, which I've done a video on. I'll link to that in the description. So, but anyway, that's one of the main influences on the story of Baron and Luthien is just his own love story with his wife. So that's, that is maybe the driving factor of the entire thing. So let's talk about a couple of slightly less obvious connections now. One thing that a lot of commentators have noted about Lord of the Rings and Tolkien's greater body of work generally is that it is very much influenced by his experiences with war. Of course, he fought in World War One. He was at the Battle of the Somme in trench warfare, developed uh, what they then called trench fever, but now we kind of think it was probably just PTSD in a different name. Uh, and, of course, he also was involved in a more civilian capacity in World War II, in which his sons were uh, enlisted as well. So he's got a lot of experience with really nasty wars. And 
if you really read the Silmarillion, which is where the Baron and Luthien story appears, you can see that that definitely has a large effect on the broader story of the Silmarillion in general, because the Silmarillion is essentially a story of a huge war between the elves and Morgoth, who stole the Silmarils from Feanor. So there's a lot of that going on, and you can kind of tell there's a, a lot of inspiration there, not you know, and not a direct analogy, but there's certainly a lot of parallels because the war of the elves against Morgoth is very much a long, drawn-out siege-type warfare. There's not really a lot of action or movement for long periods, and that kind of matches the way that trench warfare worked in World War One, in which Tolkien would have been familiar with. And World War One was really the first time that kind of warfare got any kind of play in, in a battlefield. Usually it's just two sides meet, they, you know, come together on a battlefield, they clash together, one side runs. You know, it, it doesn't normally happen that you've got two sides building trenches, you know, way apart from each other and then firing at each other for days and days and days and just kind of sitting there slugging it out with bullets that just, you know, that never happened before in history. World War One was the first time. And so you can kind of see that that style of warfare might have had an influence, and I'm not saying that's where he got the idea, but it's hard to imagine that it didn't influence the idea of the war with the, you know, of the Silmarils, because the two are very similar in that sense. Both sides just kind of sit there for long periods, and then they finally get one big push on one side or the other. So there's definitely some of that playing into it, even if it was on a subconscious level. And of course, again, the Silmarillion is all about a giant war, and he's writing a lot of the Silmarillion stories while he's recovering from, you know, his PTSD, whatever it was that he developed, and while he was sitting in an army hospital. So it's hard to imagine that he couldn't have been influenced by the war and put some of that into his stories. Of course, the Turin story is, you know, more directly taken from something else, but the broader backdrop is very much a giant war. And of course, that's why Baron meets Luthien in the first place. And it kind of makes sense, because when Baron meets Luthien, he's essentially on the run from the forces of Morgoth, who have kind of taken a giant step forward in the war, pushed back against the elves, and killed his family and friends. And in a similar way, Tolkien was kind of not fleeing in the sense of, you know, he wasn't actually running from anything, but he, he was out of the war at that point because of his his illness. And so in the same way that that let him go back to Edith, Baron in running from Morgoth's forces also found Luthien. So there's a little bit of a parallel there, though probably a little less direct. So that's kind of a second element of how the two stories kind of mesh together. There's one more I want to talk about before wrapping up. So a third element of the Tolkien and Edith love story that matches up somewhat with Baron and Luthien, but in a slightly oblique way, is the whole dynamic between the lovebirds and somebody who's trying to keep the lovebirds apart. So, of course, in the Baron and Luthien story, Luthien's father, the King Thingol, who rules the forest of Doriath, he doesn't want his daughter, who is an elf and half Maya, to marry some lowly man who's going to die in, you know, maybe 60 years, not going to survive, and who he thinks is just kind of, you know, kind of a, a low life. 
So he's very much against the marriage, and of course that's why he sets Baron the task of recovering Silmaril. He thinks this is impossible, Baron will never be able to accomplish it, and therefore I don't have anything to worry about. He'll go die, and then my daughter will be here just like she always has been. Similarly, in Tolkien's own life, after, let me give a little bit of backstory first, Tolkien's father died when he was very young. In fact, he may not have had any memories of his father at all, or, or very few. His mother didn't last a whole lot longer. Originally, they were living in South Africa. After the death of the father, they moved back to England. The mother died shortly thereafter and basically left Tolkien and his brother to the care of a Catholic priest who essentially became their foster father and raised them. So during that period, of course, he's being raised by this Catholic priest. Edith is not Catholic at the time. And so when he falls in love with Edith, the Catholic priest finds out about this, not happy with the idea of Tolkien marrying a non-Catholic. And so he basically at one point forbids Tolkien to see Edith at all. And because Tolkien, A, is raised in a period where you pretty much do what your parents tell you, and also just because he does look up to this father figure who is the only real parent he's had for years of his life, he does obey him for you know a long period, but when he finally comes of age and, and becomes his own man, he's like, forget that, I'm going back to Edith. He does eventually convert Edith to the to the Catholicism, and so in that sense, the the priest who had the objection may not have objected any further at that point. But the the idea here is that you know that his foster father was basically telling him, don't see that girl. And it's, it very much mirrors the idea of Luthien's father basically saying, you can't be with him, and I'm going to make sure he dies rather than be with you. So it's, again, there's no, I can't say for sure that this is exactly what inspired that element of the story, but it definitely is an interesting parallel, and you can see where that element of it would very much influence Tolkien's take on the story because he knows what it's like to be very much in love with somebody and be told you can't be with that person. So those are just some of the interesting parallels that I think are uh, really important in the life of Tolkien that really play into the Baron and Luthien story. Can you think of any other parallels that are maybe I missed or maybe some that are a little less important, maybe some that are more important? Let me know in the comments below. It would be an interesting conversation. So I hope you enjoyed the video. hope you learned something new. Uh, if you did like the video, please like it. Please also subscribe to the channel if you want to learn more about Tolkien or any of his works, both in Middle-earth and other works like The Fall of Arthur and all that sort of thing. He's got a lot of stuff to explore, and I'll get to it all eventually in here. So please also, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at JRRTLore. And until next time, I'm the Tolkien Geek signing out for the Tolkien Lore channel. Namadie.